This is the Sergio Rodriguez Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other. Week four of the NFL. Every week that goes by gives us more clarity, but also confuses us about some teams. We're going to get into all of that as we get further into the show. Tomorrow, we will put together a baseball playoff preview. Last night, the Red Sox defeated the Yankees to end their season. Tonight, as we record tonight, the Dodgers and the Cardinals play their play-in game. So by tomorrow when we record, we will have the full layout of all the games and we'll be able to have predictions and look ahead to what seems to be a very wide-open MLB playoff coming up. But before we get started, let's pay some bills. Fairfield Physical Therapy Center is located in the Fairfield Commons Suite G106. And it's owned and operated by Justin Solotov, who has over 20 years of experience in the field of orthopedic physical therapy. Call Justin at 973-276-1313 and stop living with pain and discomfort. Epic Car Service. Epic Car Service is recognized as the number one car service in New York City by medical transportation standards. Located in the Bronx, New York, Epic will make your commute a safe and comfortable experience. Call Epic at 718-401-3742 or 844-666-6278. Lucimer Auto Body, located at 27 Austin Street in Newark, provides top-of-the-line service to make your collision experience as smooth as possible. Go to lucimer.com or call Paul at 973-824-0113 and make sure you tell him that Sergio sent you. Thursday night, Cincinnati beat Jacksonville 24-21. The Jags blew a 14-0 lead in this game. And, you know, the weird thing is that they actually got off the deck and responded with a James Robinson touchdown to give them a 21-14 lead. To start the fourth, but Cincinnati tied it and they actually won it on a, at the gun with a McPherson field goal. Cincinnati struggled to run the ball, which was an interesting thing coming into this game. But Jacksonville held them to 78 yards of rushing. Uh, Mixon had 67 on 16 carries. He did get a touchdown. But, you know, Cincinnati who had come off the nice win the week before really couldn't get anything going early. They did they were able to finally get Tyler Boyd off 9 for 118 and Ozuma the tight end had 5 for 95 and two scores. So, you know, they figure it out and in this league you just got to figure it out, keep on moving and look, I'm very interested to see what their line is going to be this week against Green Bay because that line based on the way Green Bay has played should probably be around two. But I know Vegas, 
they are probably going to make that line three or four, maybe closer to four, because they expect people to naturally just bet Green Bay. The lower that line is, the better chance I give the Bengals to win that game. The Jags are at home to Tennessee. They really didn't do much offensively. Lawrence, 17 for 24 for 204. Um, Terrible injury to Chark in this game. A a player I had on my fantasy team, by the way. Chenault had a nice game, 6 for 99, but nothing much more from them. The Cowboys, 36 to 28 over Carolina. A game that really wasn't even that close. I mean, that game was basically 36 to 14 at one point, if I'm not mistaken. And, And the game at that point, was really over. Carolina did a nice job of of getting back into the game. But the Cowboys' defense got two turnovers, which helped them build the lead. And uh, at that point, you know, with an offense clicking as well as Dallas is, if you're going to let them get ahead and they're going to be able to actually run the ball, it's just going to be impossible to compete. Dallas ran the ball for 245 yards. After all I heard week one was that Zeke was done and they weren't going to be able to run the ball. But since then, they've been on a tear to the tune of being the second leading rushing team in the league right now. I mean, they are only behind Cleveland, second to Cleveland. They're averaging about a buck 65 a game. The Cowboys are home to the Giants this week, a game that they should win. It's a divisional game, so you never know, but it's a game that they should win. Carolina travels to the Eagles, a game that they should win, but Philadelphia at home is a little bit of a different team, particularly offensively Carolina darn is still getting good play from Darnold he was 26 for 39 for 301 did have the two interceptions but he, he you know he played well he played as well as he could the the, the the kid Moore is having a phenomenal year for Carolina right now I mean he is playing really well right now and the Cowboys, who got four touchdown passes from Prescott, really only threw the ball 22 times because they ran the ball 34 times. They got a buck 43 from Zeke and 67 from Pollard. They also got 35 from Prescott, One of most of those on a big run, on a big fourth down. Um, they won. They're getting a lot of contributions from everywhere. I mean, CeeDee Lamb only had two catches for 13 yards, so... That is a good sign for Dallas. They need to win this week to keep that momentum going as they get into some tougher games down the road. The Cowboys' schedule is not impossible. In fact, I think it's pretty easy if you, you know by league standards, by record standards, I should say. But you know, some of their tougher games are ahead, particularly because they got to go on the road twice. Atlanta 
blew a game to Washington 34 to 30. Up 32 to 22. They allow a 10 play 70 yard drive. They go for two and do not tie the game. They kick off. And then the defense that has been bad all year actually gets a three and out. Actually gets a three and out. Atlanta then gives up Washington touchdown for the lead with 33 seconds left in the game one on what amounted to a broken play by McKissick. Statistically, this game was even, but Washington did get a kick return from DeAndre Carter for 101 yards to start that second half that gave Washington the 19-17 lead. And you know what? This brings me to an interesting point. This brings me to an interesting point. These coaches continue to fumble away these short yardage situations and going for it. And also the two-point conversions, which they all love to go for now. I'll give you a perfect example of where chasing points in this game killed Atlanta. Atlanta scores a touchdown on the ensuing drive after the kickoff return. And they go for two. So, why is this important, you might say, to the end of the game? Well, because if they kick the extra point, when Washington was going for their last drive, that game would have been 31-28 instead of 30-28. You're defending different in the secondary. Your, your defense is obviously different because you don't need you don't feel the need to make the play to save the game. If you hold them to three, you still have overtime. But the calls that are being made now are being made because you have to stop them because you have to win the game because a field goal for Washington at that point then wins it. I just don't understand why these coaches feel the need to go for two unless they really have to. They start chasing points so, so early. You know, McCarthy did it also in the Dallas game. Now, you might say, well, Sergio, they got a penalty. They put the ball at the one. Kick the damn extra point. Kick the extra point. Stop chasing points. Atlanta's home to the Jets next week. Washington is home to the Saints. The, <laughs> the one of the boring games of the day, the Bills 40 to nothing over Houston. Um... Uh, 16 nothing at the half. What can I really say about this? 16 nothing at the half. Buffalo held Houston to six first downs, 42 total plays, 109 total yards, 61 passing, 48 rushing. The funny thing is that not only did Houston lose the time of possession 38 to 22, but they had 10 penalties for 100 yards and five turnovers, four of which them were interceptions by David Mills. They have no quarterback play. They're in bad shape right now. And it's only going to get worse. Buffalo figured out what they needed to do. Josh Allen, 20 for 29. Two touchdowns and 248. They ran the ball to the tune of a buck 99 and got it done. Dig seven for a buck 14. Buffalo is at Kansas City on what should be a really good game on Sunday night. And Houston is home to the Patriots 
who lost at home to Tampa Bay. The Bears, 24-14 over Detroit. The Bears went up 21-0. And at that point, with the Bears' defense still being pretty good, the game was essentially over. But check this out. Detroit's first six drives went like this. Fumble at the Chicago 8. Turnover on downs at the Chicago 5. Fumble at the Chicago 3. Three and out. Three and out, four and out. The Bears ran for a buck 88, but did lose Montgomery to a knee sprain for about four to five weeks, which is good because, well, not that he got hurt. I shouldn't say that. But I'm just saying it's good that the guy that I'm playing in fantasy this week, my good friend Manny Duarte, he's got Montgomery on his team. So I get a chance to play him while he's a little beat up in the running back situation. Goff, 24 for 38, 299, and two touchdowns. Look, I mean, again, I don't think he did anything to hurt them, so you can't really say that, but Detroit's got to be better with the ball. They had played better going into this game. Justin Fields, 11 for 17, 209, one interception. He didn't really have to do much, and he really didn't do much. You know, the Bears ran the ball for 188 yards. That's really what it comes down to. That's really what the game came down to. Once you were up that much, everything was going to be really vanilla at that point. The Colts, 27-17 over Miami. The game was 20-3. Colts early in the third when Miami decided to start playing some, some semblance of offense, right? Miami has just been bad at the quarterback position. I mean, they really have two backup quarterbacks on the roster. And they prove it every week. Last year, Fitz came in to every game to bail them out. But this year, it's more of the same with no landing cushion. 203 total yards and 35 of that was rushing. They lost the time of possession 37 to 23. I mean, the Dolphins, I cannot believe that they go into practice every week. Look at the quarterback play that they have and don't say to themselves, Man, should we give Phillip Rivers a call? I mean, somebody. Let's get somebody in here that can do something. I mean, because what they're getting is just terrible. And it's not just because it's Brissett. They, I mean, it's terrible when it's Tua. Wentz, 24 for 32. 228 and two touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor cracked the 100-yard mark with 103 on only 16 carries. Indianapolis had about nine or 10 receivers that touched the ball. That was really good for them. Brissett, 20 for 30, 199 and two touchdowns. But again, like a lot of that is game decided window dressing stuff. I cannot see the Dolphins getting to nine wins now. And it's incredible because this team, which has a defense that's ready to win in this league, continues to make bad personnel decisions at the quarterback position. Just terrible personnel decisions. Cleveland, 14-7 over the Vikings. Uh, actually, before I, I I give you that, let me remind you, Miami's at Tampa next week, and Indianapolis is at Baltimore on Monday night. I, I always like to give the games because I know it's good for people who like to project and look, to, and look ahead. Cleveland, 14-7 over Minnesota. 
a game that was pretty entertaining if you like defense, right? I mean, Minnesota scores, and look, man, I, I Minnesota might be the most puzzling team in the NFL. And I picked them to be really good this year, and I picked them to win this game in the Sergio Rodriguez picks, which, by the way, for only the second time in 21 weeks that we've been giving out um, picks, had a losing week. We were 2-3, and three, thanks to this game, and to Atlanta, who could have lost by a point and still helped us win that, that play, but it is what it is. But Minnesota scores a touchdown on its first drive. They go 75 yards on 14 plays to go up 7-0. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Their next 11 drives total up 180 yards combined, and they do not score one point. Minnesota lost the time of possession 36-24, to and honestly, they were lucky to even be in this game because Baker May- Mayfield left about three touchdowns on the field. He was inaccurate all day. He was bad all day. 15 for 33 for a buck 55. No touchdowns. The only thing he didn't do was really turn the ball over. But he was not sharp. I mean, missing wide open guys, walking touchdowns all over the field. But I guess when you run for a buck 84 like Cleveland does and they lead the league in rushing, I I mean, it, it, it really, you can live with that. Uh, but but just terrible. The Browns are at the Chargers in what should be a great game next week. Minnesota is home to Detroit. And if you don't win that game, fire Mike Zimmer as soon as the game is over. The Giants 27-21 on the road against the Saints finally get off the winless column and get one. And uh, I'm happy for Daniel Jones, 28 for 40, 402 and two touchdowns. Like always, did have his usual turnover. He threw an interception. But, you know, he shows you flashes that he can be a competent NFL quarterback. And uh, he's playing a little bit more under control this year, which is all you can really ask. And, you know, the Giants, the Giants are in a situation where they're going to have to make some tough personnel decisions. But Daniel Jones is making one pretty simple for them. It looks like he can be their quarterback. Now, again, I don't think he's going to be the guy they thought they were drafting, right? So they're not, he's not going to be that guy that is going to clear up mistakes, that others make and cover him up, right? He's not going to be that guy that's going to lead you on his own. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to be that kind of guy, not Mahomes, right? There's only about four or five of those guys. But can he become Kirk Cousins? Can he become a guy who is solid every week, completes let's say 67, 68% of his passes and is close to 100 rating. If you can do that without turning the ball over, you can be successful in this league. The only issue with that is the Giants are going to have to build a defense around him that is stout because the fact is that 
as happy as the Giants might want to be about winning that game and going over 400 yards of offense, they also only ran for 83, and they gave up 400 yards of offense to a team that is terrible offensively. I mean, just terrible offensively. I mean, the Saints came in here averaging 144 yards passing and 275 total per game. There was a Kenny Galladay sighting, and Daniel Jones, like I said, played well. The Giants needed to throw the ball against that team because that team's defense is not bad, and they got it done. They got it done in overtime, and they were down. They were down 21-10, and they figured it out the last seven minutes of the game. I'm happy for them because they did what they needed to do to win that game. Now, that defense is going to have to play a little bit better in Dallas next Sunday. Because if you play like that, you're not going to give up 400. You're going to give up 600 against Dallas. The Saints are at Washington next week. Another team, the other New York team, got off the schneid also. How about the J-E-T-S? 27-24 to 24 over Tennessee. A game that I told you they would play well in. I told you they would play well in because Tennessee just plays into their hands, right? Styles make fights. The Jets won a game just to show you how weird the NFL is. The Jets won a game where they had 14 less first downs, ran 33 less plays, got outrushed 177 to 66, and had the only turnover in the game. But give them credit. They blew the lead in the fourth with under two minutes to go and responded in overtime going 13 plays for 71 yards in the overtime to kick that field goal, which ended up being the game winner when Tennessee missed a 49-yarder. I'm happy for the Jets. And I'm I'm happy for, for Zach Wilson, who was 21 for 34 with 297 and two touchdowns. I mean, he, the kid shows you the flashes, and he can play. He's going to make his mistakes because that's just the way it is in this league for rookie quarterbacks. But he's showing you he can play. The Jets are at Atlanta, and Tennessee is at Jacksonville. Triangle Inc. Triangle Inc. is the leading manufacturer in the screen printing industry, delivering the finest inks for over 35 years. Check them out at TriangleInc.com or call them at 1-800-524-1592. Paramus Driving School. Safety and professionalism begins with Paramus Driving School, serving the North Jersey area like no other. Contact them at ParamusDrivingSchool.com or call them at 201-986-8300. Verona Wine Cellars. Located on 360 Bloomfield Avenue in Verona, New Jersey, provides top-of-the-line alcohol, especially wines, for any occasion and at any price. Stop in and tell my guy, Ask Pete Patel, that Sergio Rodriguez sent you. Verona Wine Cellars. The Chiefs traveled to Philadelphia and got the W42-30. Mahomes 24 for 30, 
five touchdowns and one interception. Edwards Hilaire, who had the big fumble against the Ravens, 14 for a buck 02. Tyreek Hill, monster, monster game. 11 catches, a buck 86, and three touchdowns. But I'm going to tell you what I took from this game. I took two things from this game. The first one is that Jalen Hurts is going to get GMs and coaches fired. Because versus bad teams, he will have four or five games a year like he did versus Kansas City. And understand, when I say bad teams, I'm talking about teams like Kansas City who are terrible defensively. And on opening day versus Atlanta. In those two games, he's 59 for 83, 651 yards passing, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. In the other two games, 37 for 62, 516, two touchdowns, two interceptions. But most of that positive stuff in that came when the score was 41-14 against Dallas. A lot of empty calories in those, in the, in, in those two games of stats. He's going to be a headache for the Eagle fans. And he's going to be a bigger headache for the coaches and the GMs because four times a year, he's going to fool some people into believing that he can actually be that guy. The other thing I, I took from this, Kansas City is not good right now. Now, look, they're going to score against most teams because they're really good offensively in terms of talent. But they're not as sharp as you would think. Fumbles to lose games. Mahomes is averaging an interception a game. And the defense is the second worst in the league, allowing 440 per game. Not to mention that they're giving up 31 points a game. And, and against uh, uh, an Eagles team that the week before against the Cowboys, like I said, was down 41-14. And at that point, seven of those points had come on defense. They allowed Hurts to go 32 for 38 for 387 and two touchdowns. I mean, just embarrassing. The Eagles damn near threw for 400 and ran for 100 against them. The Chiefs are at home to Buffalo, and what I said earlier will be a very good game. Philadelphia travels to Carolina. Arizona 37-20 over the Rams. Stats look equal, but the Rams had a lot of window dressing stats in this game. This game was over at the half. You just never got the feeling that the Rams would mount a sustained comeback to win this game. You can't win divisional games playing from behind two scores. And not only were they down two scores for most of the game, they lost the time of possession by 10 minutes. They got out rushed by 100 yards. And they turned the ball over twice while not getting a turnover. I mean, you just can't do that in these games. You just can't do that. Arizona is 4-0 now with three road wins. The Rams have a hard one in Seattle coming up. But they will win four in a row after that. They're at the Giants. Detroit, at Houston, and the Titans. I mean, they, they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay, but, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's going to be a struggle for them 
in these games, if they're just going to bank on basically their talent winning these games. And that division where anyone can get you, any one of the four teams can win any game, is going to make the Rams have to play on both sides of the ball. And it seemed, now look, to be fair, they had been really good to this point. Maybe, you know, the game last week against Tampa, which they put a lot of uh, a lot of stock in, took a lot out of them. They, they just were not sharp to be playing a home divisional game. They just came out and they were not sharp. But like I said, the schedule is easy for them the next couple of weeks. So even if they slip up at Seattle on Thursday, they should be okay on the other side of the following month. Seattle 28 over as uh, 28-21 over the 49ers. And you know what's funny? The 49ers a couple of weeks ago played the Eagles. And I felt that they got dominated in that first half. And Philadelphia really could not put them away. And the 49ers won the game. Well, I think the same thing happened in this game in reverse. The 49ers dominated this game the entire first half and were tied 7-7. They dominated statistically 23-14 to on first downs. 457 to 234 total yards. Seattle won a game on the road in a divisional game with 234 yards total. They only threw for 129 yards to San Francisco's 314. And San Francisco did it with two quarterbacks because Garoppolo got hurt. But they did turn the ball over twice. And they couldn't capitalize in the first half when Seattle was three and out every Series, every series. Seattle might have saved their season. The 49ers are coming off. The 49ers are coming off like a bunch of frauds right now. That's the best thing I can tell you about them. They're two and two, but their two wins are Detroit and Philly. Now, they were on the road. But you've played two, you played one credible team in Green Bay. And when I mean credible, I'm talking about a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. You've played and lost at home. You played one playoff credible team in Seattle and lost. And now you have to travel to Arizona. The 49ers who play what amounts to an extremely easy schedule. Could be staring at two and three next week when I do my show. Now, after Arizona, like I said, the schedule is easy the rest of the year. I mean, it's been easy till this point. If you really look at it, they play two soft games on the road and two hard games and two of the the two better teams at home. They should have at least won one of those if they're supposed to be this Super Bowl contender. After Arizona, home to Indianapolis, at Chicago, that one will be a better game than people think. Home to Arizona, well, hell, I mean, if you lose this week and go to two and three, I expect you to beat Arizona at home, but they haven't beaten anyone good at home. Then they're home to the Rams, home to the Jags, 
and home to Minnesota. I mean, the schedule's easy if you really look at it for them to have 11 wins, 12 wins. People were telling me they were going to win 14. But there was a reason why Vegas had them at 10 or 10 and a half. Quarterback play is spotty. And although and although Trey Lance came in and statistically looked okay in terms of the 157 and the two touchdowns and no turnovers, he was 9 for 18. And you're not going to win games in this league at 50%. You're just not. Now, I'm hearing Garoppolo's going to play this week, so we'll see. Seattle, like I said, home to the Rams, the 49ers at Arizona. Baltimore, 23-7 over Denver. Not much to say here. After going up 7-0, Denver, right, went up 7-0. Check this out. They go punt, punt, punt to end the half. And then went punt, 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 interception to end the game. Versus a defense that has been spotty at best this year. Baltimore is 3-1 and one somehow. Very fortunate to be 3-1, and one, but you know what? They're 3-1. and one. Lamar Jackson, 22 for 37, 316 and a touchdown. They ran the ball for 102 yards. You know, Latavius Murray, who got picked up late after he was released by the Saints, got the bulk of the carries for them, 18 carries for 59 yards. Baltimore, <laughs> they're home to Indianapolis. They should be 4-1 coming out of this. So, look, the best thing you can say about Baltimore right now is they got they got the ball to bounce their way a couple of times, but they're going to put themselves right in the mix of this for home field and, and everything because at the end of the day, they do win these games. I mean, like I said, I, I thought they should have been 0-3 coming into this weekend, but they're 3-1. You got to give them credit. Denver travels to Pittsburgh. And speaking of Pittsburgh, and by the way, Denver, by the way, might have to start Drew Locke. Bridgewater, who got injured, might not be ready to go. So I'm assuming Locke will be playing in that game. But speaking of Pittsburgh, they traveled to Green Bay and got beat 27-17. to 17. Ben... 26 for 42, 32, a touchdown and an interception. But, you know, Pittsburgh continues to do Pittsburgh things. They just do. They just do. Same story. Offense is bad, inconsistent, 62 yards rushing, only had the ball for 25 minutes, and only had 17 first downs. They're 1-3. and three. The schedule's not difficult, but how could you expect Pittsburgh to be a team that's going to reel off four or five wins with this offense. It's just too inconsistent. And I'll tell you what, Green Bay is not sharp. They were a bad call away at the end of the half from trailing 17-14 in this game. Because as they were lining up to kick a field goal to go up 17-10, which ultimately ended up being the halftime score, Pittsburgh blocked the punt, uh, blocked the field goal attempt and returned it for a touchdown to go up 17-14 before it got called back for a offsides that was not offsides. There was movement early, but it was not offsides. That basically kept Green Bay in control of the game and 
look, I mean, once Pittsburgh's down a couple of scores, they're just they're just not going to do it. They're just not that good offensively. Aaron Rodgers, 20 for 36 for 248, two touchdowns. Don't turn the ball over. You're going to win in this league. Randall Cobb, 5 for 69. I was shocked to see that he had that type of a game. And he also had two scores, you know, but he's they dusted off the cobwebs with Randall Cobb. No pun intended. I like that one. Tampa Bay, 19-17 over New England. The return of Tom Brady to Foxborough was a successful one in terms of the score. But, you know, this is the second time that teams use this blueprint against, against Tampa, and it almost works. The Cowboys did it in week one. They abandoned the run and just went with the passing game to try to beat them. Difference is the Cowboys were able to score touchdowns and they actually were able to put up some points. They just lost late. New England did the same thing. They only ran the ball eight times and they actually had minus one yards rushing. They went with a short passing game, screens, trick plays, and they were a field goal away that hit the upright from taking a 20 to 19 lead with under a minute. But they just didn't have the quarterback play to score touchdowns in those drives. Tampa's banged up as a team, but they continue to win these games. And at three and one with eight soft games coming up before they play Buffalo on December 12th, they're going to be sitting pretty. I mean, Tampa's next eight games are Miami this week, at Philly, the Bears, at the Saints, at Washington, the Giants, at Indy, and at Atlanta. I mean, Cupcake City. Tampa's at home to Miami. The Pats travel to Houston this week. The Monday night game was actually a pretty good one, a pretty good matchup. I thought there were going to be a couple more points scored in the game. The Chargers 28-14 to 14 over the Raiders. But the Chargers shut down the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders only ran the ball for 48 yards and they were down 21-0 at one point in this game. To their credit, they cut the lead to 21-14, actually forced a punt and drove and then missed a field goal that would have put them within four a field goal that might have helped me win my fantasy game this week. The Chargers then took the ensuing drive for a touchdown, went up 28-14, to 14, and that was all she wrote. Herbert, 25 for 38, 222, and three touchdowns. Eckler, 15 carries for a buck 17 and a touchdown. The Raiders... Carr, 21 for 34, two touchdowns and, a t and an interception late. A, a meaningless interception. The game was over at that point. Uh, so I don't really look at it as it affected the, 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 the course of the game. The, the Vegas just could not run the ball. They could not run the ball. Jacobs, who came back off the injury after missing a couple of weeks, 13 carries for 40 yards, and they only ran for 48 yards, like I said. Ruggs, three for 60. Waller, four for 50 and a touchdown. The Sergio Rodriguez gambling portion of this show is sponsored by Stan Sports Center. 
Stan Sports Center is your local, full-service, authorized team dealer for all of your favorite sports brands. Family-owned and operated, Stan's has proudly supplied apparel, uniforms, equipment, varsity jackets, and much more for the entire tri-state area since 1946. Find them online at stansportctr.com and contact them today for your sporting goods needs. Two and three last week, the Sergio Rodriguez picks. 15 and eight on the season, I believe we are. I don't, we were 13 and seven. I got to, you know, it, it, it's funny because two of those games, the Atlanta game and the Minnesota game, looked like they were going to be good, easy wins as it was going. But we all know in gambling, that does not exist. But we're going to have to get off the schneid here. Two weeks ago, three and three. Last week, two and three. That's not good. We have to be better. And it starts on Thursday night. The Rams are a two and a half point favorite on the road at Seattle. Take Seattle in that game and roll with the punches. Atlanta, this game is actually overseas. Atlanta is a three-point favorite, and the total's 46. Just so you know, that's a 9.30 a.m. game. Atlanta's 346. Stay away from that game. Tampa Bay at home is a 10-point favorite. The total's 48. A lot of points for a team that hasn't been clicking like Tampa. If I had to bet this game, I would bet Miami. But I would probably stay away from this game. Carolina is a three and a half point favorite at home versus Philadelphia. Funky line. Funky line. That line should be about five or five and a half. It's a funky line. Be careful what you bet in that game. New Orleans is a two-point favorite on the road against Washington. The total's 44 and a half. Take Washington in that game. Tennessee is a four-point favorite on the road against Jacksonville. The total's 48 and a half. I would say wait to see if the receivers for Tennessee are healthy before you make a play in that game. Minnesota's a seven and a half point favorite. And the total's 49 versus Detroit. You almost have to go with Minnesota, and I'm going to tell you why. There's no reason why that line should be 7.5. Not one reason. That line should be 4.5 or 5 based on the way the teams have been playing. Because don't let that Detroit-Chicago outcome fool you. Detroit moved the ball early in the game. they Three times in, in, in inside the tent against a really good defense. They're begging you to bet Detroit in this game. Pittsburgh's a one-point favorite at home. And the total's 39.5 versus Denver. Stay away from that game. Both teams, uh, Pittsburgh's inconsistent as hell. Denver, you don't know what you're going to get offensively with the quarterback situation being in flux after the injury. Green Bay is a three-point favorite on the road. The total's 50 and a half at Cincinnati. <sighs> Man, I, I, I like Cincinnati in this game. If that line stays at three, I like Cincinnati. If it goes up to four, 
I like the over. The Patriots are nine-point favorite, and the total's 40 on the road at Houston. I don't know if the Patriots are good enough to be a nine-point favorite anywhere against anyone. But I guess they're they're banking on young quarterback playing against this type of Belichick defense. Vegas is a five-and-a-half-point favorite, and the total's 44-and-a-half versus Chicago. Vegas bounces back offensively and gets the job done. The Chargers are a one and a half point favorite at home versus Cleveland. Boy, I have to go with the Chargers. I just do not trust Baker Mayfield. He was terrible last week. Terrible. The Giants are a seven point dog at home to Dallas. On the road, I'm sorry. Dallas is a seven point favorite at home. Seven and the total's 52. Man, seven points in a divisional game. But if the... Giants are going to be given. I would probably have to stay away from that game because I could see that game being close just because it's a divisional game. But the Giants' defense scares me. They gave up 400 yards to to the Saints last week. If they if they play like that, the Cowboys are going to hang a 45 spot on them. Arizona's a five and a half point favorite at home. The total is 50 against the 49ers. Again, a lot of points in a divisional game. I might have to take the points in this game if I were going to bet this game. I might have to take the 49ers if I were going to bet that game. Kansas City's a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Buffalo, and the total's 56-and-a-half. I got to go with Buffalo in this game. Two-and-a-half tells you that on a neutral field, Vegas believes Buffalo's a better team. Kansas City can't stop anybody. The total's 56 and a half. I bet you that total might be closer to 58 by kickoff. And in the Monday night game, Baltimore is a seven-point favorite in the total's 46. I can't lay seven points with Baltimore. They've been spotty and they've been winning this game, these games a little with luck. So, and no pun intended with Indianapolis there and their former quarterback. I would take Indianapolis and the points in that game. Remember, there's a second show this week. It'll be out probably Thursday or Friday. Most likely on Friday, the playoff MLB playoff preview for everyone to enjoy. Thank you for listening. And remember that the Sergio Rodriguez show is a show unlike any other.